0: 2 3 oh! Hey everybody, good Tuesday afternoon and welcome into today's episode of Great Quarter Gals. This is our show here on Freightways where we talk about awesome women doing awesome things in the freight and logistics space. And I'm Kaylee Nix here with Gray Sharky Hello. Hi Kaylee. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. We're all in a good mood here right now in Chattanooga because it's 73 degrees outside. It's sunny. It feels amazing. It feels like spring. And I, I think you guys are getting warm up there in Michigan too. So like, are you guys in that same kind of vibe right
1: now? Yeah. You know what's sunny. I have my windows open even and here right now and I was telling someone I'd, I'd be like 70 and it's but it's it's 50 degrees. But the sun's out and it feels and it feels great. So uh just living in delusion up here that's what it
0: is (laughs) i think it's so funny it's always like when you're like transitioning from winter into spring right that first 50 degree day feels so good and you're like bust out the flip-flops bust out the tank top and then like the other opposite's true when you're going from like summer to fall as soon as it hits 65 you're like all right i need my sweater i need my pumpkin spice latte like i want it all that's hilarious because i totally empathize with you on that grace
1: Yeah, I, I'll top that list off with, I need a pedicure, staff, <laughs> so Well, the a little bit
0: too. <laughs> Happy spring, almost summer, and we are glad to be here for another episode of Great Quarter Gals. And we are super excited to welcome in one of our other writers here at Freight Waves. Brielle Jekyll is going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. She's our deputy editor, one of our writers here, and also now the host of our latest Freight Wave show, Launch Tracks Through Time. Before we introduce Brielle Grace, her show is all about history, and of course, there's a lot of history-defining moments in freight, and we're going to talk through some of our favorites. Specifically, starting with you, what's one of your favorite history-making or historic things that have happened in the freight space?
1: Uh, Well, one in particular, I actually did a really great episode probably a year ago now on Point of Sale, is uh, the Honestly, the revolution of, of females and how we became most women became uh, in charge of uh, shopping or finances within the household. Uh, the department stores, the creation of department stores, was actually a huge step towards liberating women. And uh, they called it Ladies' Mile in New York City. It was over four hundred and forty buildings, twenty-eight blocks, your Fifteenth Street and Park Avenue South that were just all department stores, and it it led to. Kind of like that, the first real reason that women had—I don't want to say excuse—but a reason to leave the house and and ex- explore the city by themselves, and it ended up leading to really the female consumers that we have today. From late eighteen hundreds to nineteen ten, like in less than a forty years, ninety percent of household spending was done by women by then, and that ended up leading to women being able to boycott stores for better rights, leading to The wonderful 19th amendment so uh, i think there's just so many different things that happen in our history even here in the u.s that actually have like stemmed from uh, a supply chain or uh, logistics retail uh, issues or uh, advancements
0: I love that. And I totally agree that that's one of the most interesting things about the freight space, too, as well. And something that I think is really underrated, right? But it also shows the power of the American consumer, specifically in a time where the American consumer was very minority female. So I love that. That's a super interesting one.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, another favorite one to like take it all the way back, if we want to go all the way back to when this wonderful country was created, uh, look at something as simple as like the Boston Tea Party. I mean, you can say, okay, well, how does that work exactly? I mean, at the time, we had tea, tea of course, from England, from our motherland, you could say, and at that moment in time, it was being forced and held at the port for us. We had to pay taxes on it in order to take that off of the boats. Uh, We didn't want to pay taxes on it, right? No taxation without representation. And there also was a ton of competitors in the T-space too that were much closer for us to trade with, but we're stuck in the situation that we were at the time. So what did we go and do in the middle of the night? We dressed up as Native Americans and went out and dumped over 1.7 million dollars in tea into uh, the bay. Which I mean, it's just—it's kind of crazy to think of that ever happened today. Like, just uh, right, we got LA port uh, worker issues coming up. If they were ever to strike, just just dumping all of our freight into the ocean and and standing up for what they believe and don't do that. Don't listen to me. Workers, but not just safe. Historically, it's kind of interesting to like consider even the economics behind, right? That trade and how it led to to what America is today. ILWAU says forget about
0: negotiations. We're just going to take the containers and literally push them into the ocean. Let's not do that. Let's not. Do that. Let's let's not do that. <laughs> let's let's not. Let's keep it peaceful. Let's keep those negotiations sane. I, of course, Grace. I feel like we can't continue to talk about the history of freight in our country without talking about the Pony Express, because of course we all know that this is one of the first things that led kind of cross Western expansion in the United States. That's one of my favorite pieces of freight history because you've got these two gentlemen who were in the freight and range business who thought, you know what. Let's start this organized, dedicated mail system and talk about spanning the one very, very wild West at the time, going from Missouri all the way out to California in the mid-1800s, right at the end of the Civil War, right as we are kind of in this manifest in destiny period. And they're like, you know what? We're going to create mail system. Granted, it only ran for a little bit, but it kind of set the standard for what the U.S. Postal Service is today, I almost feel like.
1: Yeah, i the standards of it. I mean back back then it was like you you write this letter and you're like well I hope it gets there. (laughs) And I say back then like it was hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of years ago. Not it hasn't been that long. And now we're at this point where it's like we've got even the post office has its own competitors for how quickly it can get your letters to from point A to point B. So uh, well, and then you got the competition of email. but like uh, into all of that, it's it's it is fascinating to to see where our industry's roots lie. And I mean, I guess to even think about the tech advances, just even in the last couple hundred years from all this as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, with that, let's bring in our Freightwaves
0: historian, our deputy editor, Brielle Jagel. And, Brielle, you've now been hosting Tracks Through Time for a couple weeks. You've had your uh, articles, which are Freightwaves classics, you've been writing now here for a couple months. How has your Freightwaves journey been so far now that you've gotten kind of into the swing of things?
2: Oh, geez. I mean, it, it's great because first of all, I'm talking about history and transportation and I get to, you know, still do my day job where I'm like crafting stuff behind the scenes. So I get the best of both worlds. I mean, I'm just happy and, I'm, and uh, you know, the, the team members here are great and I'm just excited to be given a platform to be able to, you know, take history to the next level.
1: Yeah. And it, it's, it is such a fun, like, experiment to, like, choose all these different topics, right, in history. And and, I mean, we just named some crazy ones at that. I know the Pony Express is one that I've seen us cover in the past as well. Why do you think it's important for our audience of of all the updates we give them of their supply chains, the tech behind it, the big players behind it, the advancements? Why is it important to also showcase the history of our industry as well?
2: Well, I'm going to start with not I'm not going to lie. It's interesting. These stories are are exciting to read. It's like to me it's like watching a movie, listening to a podcast. Well, now I have a podcast. Um uh, I just think they're interesting stories and and that's what I look for is is you know stories that people are going to gravitate towards, but it's also so important that we look at history. I mean, I just got done um a future episode that um my next episode. I just finished my interview for that, and it's on the Silver Bridge collapse. And it, it it's so important because it was a tragedy. You know, it, it was it was terrible. Um, uh, it, in the forties, number of people lost their lives. But that afterwards, they kind of realized how to look at bridge safety in a different light and how regulations needed to be. Um, because I mean, that was in the sixties, and a lot of lives were probably saved afterwards because they they realized you know how important it is to kind of keep looking at bridges and and updating them you know throughout time instead of just set and forget and um i mean that and that's true for a lot of um stories in freight i mean history repeats itself is is that's not a joke that's not um i don't know a false statement um you know we see I mean, I've been covering things stuck in uh, the canal more than once, Um, you know, worse. I'm covering uh, rail strikes from the 1800s. You know, it's it's it comes back around. But then also we learn. I I think it's uh, really important. And it's just interesting,
0: man. (laughs) I 1000% agree. And one of my favorite things about being in Chattanooga, of course, we've kind of coined the term Freight Alley, and that's been kind of this modern assessment of our freight space because of the logistics companies and the 3PLs and the trucking companies that exist here. But people also forget to remember that Chattanooga was a major freight rail hub in the late 1800s and the early 1900s, that's one of the reasons why it was put on the map, right? Chattanooga itself is this crossroads between Birmingham, Atlanta, Knoxville, and Nashville, Tennessee. You are right in the X. And so, so much freight moves through here, not only over truckload in modern times, but also through the railroads that we saw back in the mid parts of our history, in the middle parts of our country. I think that that is something that is also super fascinating is how important freight was to building out these cities across the United States. When you look at some of those stories and how just essential that was, is there anyone that really sticks out to you? Maybe like a city that you think wouldn't have been as important or as big as it is if it didn't see the history with freight that it had? Um, all
2: of the United States. <laughs> um, yeah, I, there's... there's. Well, first of all, Detroit's huge in, in you know, auto man- and manufacturing. I mean, it's, it's really just... Uh, everything. i I can't think of one in particular. um, but you know, like we, we wouldn't have the West would not be as um bro- populated today if it wasn't for trains and and things like that. I mean, trains are really exactly what kind of like pushed this country moving forward. um, and you know, there's it, it's all layered on top of each other, and that and that's another reason why I love history is because it's like this leads to this, leads to that, leads to that. And, uh, and tons of it is also like not knowing that your town or th- or this city had this huge, um, uh, industrial history. And that was the case for a lot of like old cities back in the day. I mean, the, the town I grew up in, um, I, f- I found out later once I got really into history that we have a huge, um, part to play in the revolutionary war. We were, uh, Stafford Township, um, we were one of the last battles in the revolutionary war and you would never know, but we're also uh, the town, a couple um, uh, like about half an hour South of me is like this huge blacksmithing town that was like super important in terms of creating um, the metals of, of the, you know, early colonizations. And I just think that kind of history is just like really crazy, interesting. And I mean, I, for instance, my name, brielle i just found out i'm that name is popular in my area but nowhere else in the united states and i found out it's dutch and it's super popular in the netherlands and there was a huge um industrial rush uh in my area in the 1600s where that that dutch people came and they were you know trading and they
1: really established this town based on the trades that's uh no that's crazy. it's funny i uh I even recently went out and looked in my history and I found out I was a daughter of the revolution and my, my eight times removed great grandfather was the guy, the delegate of New York to sign and ratify the the constitution. So it's like, I, I love it. Right. You get to find all these like fun facts and you're right about like, it, it's interesting to think like another, one of my favorite examples to do, look at histories like and also into now houston right the panama canal just recently got expanded and now we have more freight coming in like the, the city of houston i'm excited to see how it grows right over the next decade just based off of the freight that we now see moving into the city and the investment mm-hmm. that goes in the city. and like that's the stuff that's super cool uh every uh, sonar users go check out the Panama spread uh it's one of our actual uh uh you can see in sonar when it's better to ship into houston compared to going to the west coast So, uh, uh fun fact it's houston right now but uh <laughs> it's it's like that kind of stuff is crazy it's like the like history can go into the analytics and it's it just all combines so i i, I love the work that you're doing and i guess for you uh, looking into maybe the future especially tech that we see coming out is there any i guess history that you're excited or events that you're excited to maybe see or uncover that would become maybe the next big historical event, something, I mean, even like look at the Suez Canal. Was there any like uh, adaptions or adoptions of uh, for changes in this industry that you think 10 years down the road will look back at headlines and say, wow, this was a huge game changer?
2: Well, first of all, it seems like every day there's history making um, events happening in the world, um, obviously, you know, um, but all right, I mean, it goes without saying that the artificial intelligence right now is at a, a completely different level. I mean, chat, chat GPT has just taken the world by storm and it's, it probably, it's probably going to change a lot. I mean, the, the battle between EV and, and, you know, keeping regular gasoline is, is going to be important and automation in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's interesting to see where these things will go, especially since we're talking about them all the time and you have like polarizing um, you know camps but I I do have to say like just just think back at when the you know people are scared of robotics and automation taking over people's jobs but you know you you look back and you know the automobile was invented that was an invention that came about where people were not thinking that it was going to take off some people were like oh it's this is a fad it's a toy you know, horses are are, are going to be our main, you know, way to go. And then cars took over and the carriage driver, his job was obsolete. So, you know, that like things change, but you, we're still okay. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just seeing where, where we go in the future. I mean, there's room for both, I believe, uh, automation and human workers.
0: One of the most fascinating pieces about freight history for me is, of course, the people who are able to tell those stories. And when we think a lot about our population who works in freight, specifically the drivers who have been behind the wheel for decades, right, I think about Ingrid Brown, the stories that she tells about her time on the road or my boyfriend's grandfather, who was a truck driver for 60 years of his life, 64 years. And he's still driving. This man is 82 years old. He lives in North Georgia. He is still driving. He's literally going out to South Carolina next week to host like a driver training and driver championship uh, competition. Amazing, right? And the stories that people tell about their own personal experiences, about their experiences with companies, with tech innovation are completely invaluable. Brielle, from your I would consider you like a true freight historian digging up these stories. How do you go about finding these people and talking to them? And maybe it's not a historic event is in a world changing or market altering, but it's an important and changing event for these individuals. And it's a story worth being told, right? How do you go about finding those and making sure that you do either personal history or event history
2: justice? how do I go about finding experts or how do I go about finding stories? Stories, just anything that you think is worth worth talking about when it comes to history. Well, when we first started it, it, in, you know, behind the scenes, there was a sponsor and I had to take it over kind of quickly. Um, and so we needed to really get content out. And at first we were like, but, you know, it's history. There's only so many, you know, stories that are out there and in my time since then in the six months i've been i've been working on classics that has completely changed um we have realized there's just like an endless number of stories that i want to cover i have this notebook that's later i was furiously writing in it because i heard you you know talking about uh grace that one story of the of women and i was like oh i gotta revisit that um you know, it's just I have this notebook is full and then I have a tabs of just stories I think are interesting and that have made an impact. So I kind of just keep my eye and my ears open. I mean, I am I'm like a connoisseur of like his, history stories. So I'm always like watching the History Channel. I'm on this day in history every day. Um, I'm in museums, in the backlogs, and all of the podcasts I listen to are true crime, Bravo, or history. So I kind of like, <laughs> I kind of keep my, you know, eyes and ears open that way. And because I'm just like immersed in it. So I kind of, and and the second I hear a story, I write it down. And then, you know, I, I look into the Library of Congress is great for any kind of, um, like research or resource that I need uh and then I'm I'm always in the museums really I'm, I'm just like always like bothering the curators um you know talking to people like you know is there an interesting story there's a couple of stories I found that way um because I was talking to somebody and and uh, you know somebody at a museum or somebody in the history world and they were like did you know about this story and they, you know that's how I get into that and uh, it's 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 really fun uncovering these crazy stories that some some of them are lesser known. Some of them are, you know, everyone's known about. But then I take a second look. I'm like, wow,
1: we didn't know this. <laughs> I love that you brought up the the crime aspect because the first episode we got to do together was, of course, on Goodfellas, and the incredible story behind that. And, of course, the freight relation to it, too. And uh, you got to speak with people at the mob uh, museum as well. Uh, which is really crazy uh that must have been fun for you is there any other cool stories or, or crime stories that you can sneak peek to us or anything that you're investigating now that uh, hopefully we could see in maybe future episodes so i can give you something spooky uh, yeah
2: well the the one that's coming out next like i mentioned about the silver bridge collapse is actually huge in folklore um, because it is known as uh, the, one of the Moth Mothman prophecies. So, if you're not in, uh, if, if you're not super aware of like cryptids and stuff like that, there's a cryptid named the Mothman, and he's this shadowy figure with red eyes, um, vaguely <laughs> resembles the shape of a, a man as a moth. <laughs> And uh, and he kind of is the foreteller of doom. And it is said that before the bridge collapsed, people did see a Mothman-like creature on the near the bridge or in the town uh, with red eyes and everything before the collapse. So uh, that's kind of spooky. I get into that a little bit, um, and then we hear about you know the the how how that changed safety in general. But uh, I love the folklore part of it. Um, I mean. Obviously, it's terrible, terrible disaster. But, the, but you know, I like looking at the fun aspects of things. I love it. And Raelle, before we let you go, I've got to
0: wonder any any thoughts about maybe taking your stories to social media, like like to TikTok. There's one lady that I follow on TikTok and she does like spooky lakes and she talks like all about the history of the U.S. waterways and stuff like that. I think your content is awesome. And I feel like you could do like frightening freight or like freight frights or something like that. And it would take <laughs> off with
2: people. Okay. Um, you just secretly <laughs> viewed my uh, notebook, I guess, because, yeah, I've been planning that. <laughs> I've been planning doing like fun history stories, but but doing more like less, you know, I don't have to focus on freight as much as at, at foreign transportation and doing more like spooky, spooky things like that. And uh, I actually, I live in, uh, I don't know if it says Popular nationally as it is well known here, but I live in Jersey Devil ter- territory. That um, Jersey Devils, <laughs> this oh. this uh, creepy cryptid that lives in the pine barrens in in New Jersey, and that's where I live. And there's um there's a, uh hike that they're gonna take uh, people on as part of like you know the county does these these special hikes, and they're gonna take people on and, and talk about the history of of uh the jersey devil and stuff like that and i was thinking about doing some tiktok stuff on uh, and going on that tour
1: i love it i love that i would absolutely recommend and tune in for that <laughs> i love that i uh, uh, thank you so much brielle for joining us i mean this is gonna be incredible where can people go and get your content and uh, what day can they check out uh tracksuit drive so, Tracks or Time airs every other week on Thursday. So,
2: our next episode comes out on the 20th of April, and you can check that out on Freightwaves TV or you can download it on any of the major podcasts uh, apps. And then, if you're interested in reading some classics, you can just go to freightwaves.com and, and click Discover and go to Freightwaves Classics. And all my stuff is right there. If people have a story they want to tell you, can they reach out on social media, LinkedIn, and maybe get you to cover something that they find interesting? Yeah, yeah, of course. So you can find me on LinkedIn at Brielle Jekyll. And then on Twitter, I actually, I'll post some stuff that like, you know, isn't worthy of like a whole article or, you know, someone else's stuff. So if you're interested, uh, just follow me at Jekyll Brielle on Twitter, uh, or you can shoot me an email at bjekyll at freightwaves.com. Awesome, Brielle. Thank you so much for
0: joining us today. And of course, go read, go watch, and go listen and interact with us there on freewaves.com. Grace, let's talk a little bit about where the people can find you because you are gracing the audio waves every single weeknight here on Sirius.
1: Talk to us a little bit about the show. Yeah, go check out the show. If you guys have Sirius XM. we are on Channel 146 every single day, Monday through Friday, from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, broadcast from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., or you can check out about two weeks of episodes on demand as well. Tonight, we have wonderful Thomas Watson with us. We also have uh, founders from True TMS. They're going to dive into how they use drivers help in order to build a TMS perfectly for the small and uh, owner operators out there. So uh, go check that out tonight and every night, Monday through Friday.
0: And speaking of small and owner operators, we have our next Freight Waves TV event coming up in just about a week and a half. So perfect segue into that, Grace. Our small fleet and owner operator summit will be coming up on the 26th here on Freight Waves TV. Free registration for that one. Going to have some great speakers. We've got OIDA tapped in for that as well as hopefully getting a couple of owner ops themselves to tune in and give us their insights. So head on over to live.freightwaves.com to get registered for that one. And while you're there, sign up for our next State of Freight webinar. That's going to be our founder and CEO, Craig Fuller, with Zach Strickland, our head of freight market intelligence. That's next Thursday at the 20th at 2 p.m. Grace, where can the people find you
1: on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on uh, LinkedIn. Go follow me on LinkedIn. Keep up with all of these wonderful updates. Uh, and go- Google me. I've just been saying that lately because it sounds cool. Uh, so uh, we're at that point. The SEO is working. So put uh, a great shark. You should get my link to all of my uh, social media sites as well. There you go. Google. Thank Kaylee Haley <laughs> up as well.
0: I, the <laughs> SEO working wonders for us. Thanks, Grace. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you all next
1: week. One, two, three!